Hi there. I'm Mark Swallow, and I'm glad you are joining me for today's God Is podcast. Let's get started learning who God is. Thank you for joining me today from wherever you are and by however you listen as we meet together coast to coast here in the United States and all the way around the world. Welcome back to our focus on a certain aspect of the providence of God, which is this. God directs the actions of everyone and everything he has created, working all things together for his honor and his glory. And the dimension of this that interests us is how God's providence explains the presence of sin and evil in our world. The truth is, while God never causes evil and sin, and God never approves of it, he does permit, direct, restrain, limit, and overrule evil and sin. And we are going to find this in the life of Joseph in Genesis chapters 37 through 50. Last time we saw how God directed the actions of Joseph's popularity and personality. Joseph was very popular with his dad, Israel, previously named Jacob. And Joseph, from a very young age, had the personality of a self-assured, strong, and confident man. I believe God so acted in this boy's life to make him popular with his dad and to have the personality of a self-assured person. I hope that you will remember in Genesis 37, we got as far as two dreams Joseph had. And when he reported the content of those dreams to his brothers, my, how they hated him. You can read about that in Genesis 37, 1 through 11, and please do that, especially if you were not with us last time. Today, I want to pick up the story in Genesis chapter 37, down at verse 17. After the dream sequence, the Bible says Joseph's ten older brothers went to pasture flocks in Shechem, and then from there to Dothan. Joseph's father then sent him to meet up with his brothers, so off goes Joe and meets a man who tells him the brothers are at Dothan. I am reading now Genesis chapter 37, beginning at verse 17. Eventually, I will read down to verse 36, but I will pause for comment along the way. Please follow along in your Bible at Genesis 37, verse 17. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them at Dothan. When Joseph's brothers saw him from a distance, and before he came close to them, they plotted against him to put him to death. They said to one another, Here comes this dreamer. Now then, come and let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits, and we will say, A wild beast devoured him. Then let us see what will become of his dreams. I told you the brothers hated him. They're ready to kill him. And the plot involves a pit. I continue the reading in verses 21 through 24. But Reuben heard this and rescued him out of their hands and said, Let us not take his life. Reuben further said to them, Shed no blood. Throw him into this pit that is in the wilderness, but do not lay hands on him that he might rescue him out of their hands to restore him to his father. Ah, so one of his brothers, Reuben, tries to save Joseph and introduces his plan to the others. Do not kill him. Throw him in the pit. Reuben saves Joseph's life. Friends, there is the providence of God. God directed the actions of Reuben such that Joseph lived. Reuben spoke the plan... But it was ultimately 
God's plan. Although Joseph endured much hardship, beginning in the next verse, verse 23. So it came about when Joseph reached his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the very colored tunic that was on him. And they took him and threw him into the pit. Now the pit was empty without any water in it. Then they sat down to eat a meal. And as they raised their eyes and looked, behold, a caravan of Ishmaelites was coming from Gilead with their camels bearing aromatic gum and balm and myrrh on their way to bring them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, What profit is it for us to kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. And his brothers listened to him. Here's just a brief interruption from me. This other brother, Judah, has now saved Joseph's life. First Reuben did, and now Judah does, but with a different plan for how to save him. Sell Joseph to the traveling Ishmaelites, who are also known as Midianites. Again, this is the providence of God in saving Joseph's life. Let's get back to the reading at verse 28. Then some Midianite traders passed by. So they pulled him up and lifted Joseph out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for twenty shekels of silver. Thus they brought Joseph into Egypt. At this point, Joseph is on his way to Egypt and the brothers, in the verses that follow, stage his murder by slaughtering a male goat and dipping Joseph's very colored tunic in the blood. The brothers then took the bloody tunic back to Israel, their father, deceiving him into believing that Joseph was indeed dead. Convinced, a wild beast tore him to pieces. And the Bible says Israel wept for Joseph. But verse 36 adds an incredibly important detail. Capture this. Genesis 37, verse 36. Meanwhile, The Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, Pharaoh's officer, the captain of the bodyguard. Again, that was Genesis 37, 36. This is a key detail that will connect us to Genesis chapter 39 and the rest of the story. But let me drop an insight in at this point. Being human, we understand why Joseph's brothers hated him. As people, we all have emotions, and when someone, in particular a sibling, acts towards us in the way Joseph did, what we perceive as arrogance, conceit, being cocky, well then perhaps we too have been so angry we could kill. But was it a sin for the brothers, especially the eight who really did want him dead, for them to plot to kill Joseph? Is plotting to murder a sin? I trust you agree, yes, that's sinful. If you read the passage carefully, even Reuben and Judah, who wanted Joseph to at least live, felt that way for selfish reasons. They didn't really care about him. They just worried about their own reputations. And then was their deceit before their dad, bringing him the blood-drenched tunic a sin? Yes, right? Lying is a sin. 
Well, would you believe me if I said God will direct those sins for the purpose of getting Joseph to Egypt? God did not cause the brothers to sin, and God did not approve of their sin, but God directed their sin such that Joseph goes where God wants him to go, Egypt. This is the providence of God over evil and sin. This is why we are following Joseph now. We want to observe God's providence in action. And that brings us to Genesis chapter 39, which includes a lot of content. I'm going to read the first two verses, then comment, and just summarize the rest of the chapter. If you are following along, I have my Bible in hand, and I will read Genesis 39, 1 and 2. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an Egyptian officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the bodyguard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph. So he became a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. This is Egypt. What a difference for Joseph. He's been a nomad, traversing the countryside with sheep, and now he's bought and brought right into the very house of an Egyptian officer of Pharaoh. Who was Pharaoh? Simply put, due to our time constraints, he was the king of Egypt. And Egypt was the world's most advanced civilization at that time. Think of the pyramids. And this officer is named Potiphar. He's got a significant position as captain of the bodyguard. He's a high-ranking officer, no slouch. The name Potiphar, according to the scholars, either means the one whom the god Ra has given, or the one who is placed on earth by Ra. The Egyptians were into full-blown idolatry, worshipping a multitude of false gods, and Ra was one. Be sure and highlight verse 2 in your Bible. The Lord was with Joseph. And a quick change of mind from me. I'm going to read now some more verses in this chapter, verses 3 through 6. Now his master saw that the Lord was with him, and how the Lord caused all that he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and became his personal servant, and he made him overseer of his house, and all that he owned he put in his charge. It came about that from the time he made him overseer in his house, and over all that he owned, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house on account of Joseph. Thus the Lord's blessing was upon all that he owned in the house and in the field. So he left everything he owned in Joseph's charge, and with him there he did not concern himself with anything except the food which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. That's Genesis 39, 3-6. Here again we have the intentional divine action in Joseph's life. Verse 3, Potiphar sees the Lord was with Joseph and how the Lord caused all that Joseph did to prosper. Verse 5, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house on account of Joseph. Thus the Lord's blessing was upon all that he owned. We really cannot miss this. We think the reason Joseph is in Potiphar's house is as a result of his brother's sin against him. And that is true from a human perspective. 
But what the Bible repeatedly emphasizes is that God was with Joseph, and God was blessing Joseph. God so directed the brother's sin that the Lord was getting glorified. Remember, this is idolatrous Egypt. Joseph is a witness and a testimony for the one and only true God at the highest level of Egyptian rule. More tomorrow on God Is. Thank you for listening to this God Is podcast. Drop me an email and tell me what you think. Mark at GodIsMinistry.org That's Mark at GodIsMinistry.org Please do share this with others. And be sure and join me for the next one.